Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest William Yateman. He's a senior legal fellow with Pacific Legal Foundation. We'll be talking about what's going on in Capitol Hill. We'll also visit with Michael Cannon, director of health policy studies at the Cato Institute and uh, author of his new book, Recovery. We'll visit with Bill Bynan, Capital Wealth Advisors. He's uh, in charge of, in fact, founded the 17th Annual Turkey Drop. We'll visit with Bill about what's happening at St. Matthew's House. And Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture and author of many books, will visit with Larry as well. It is November the 3rd, and on this day in 1964, in one of the most crushing victories in the history of U.S. presidential elections, incumbent Lyndon Baines Johnson defeated Republican challenger Barry Goldwater. With over 60% of the popular vote, Johnson turned back the conservative senator from Arizona to secure his first full term in office after succeeding... Uh, to the presidency after the assassination of John F. Kennedy in 1963. During the 1964 campaign, Goldwater was decidedly critical of Johnson's liberal domestic agenda, railing against welfare programs and defending his own decision to vote against the Civil Rights Act passed by Congress earlier that year. That was kind of a critical thing that he did. He probably shouldn't have, I think on his deathbed, he actually regretted saying he regretted not voting for the Civil Rights Act. Anyhow, Uh, Some of the most dramatic differences between the two candidates appeared over the issue of Cold War and foreign policy. The Republican angrily charged Johnson and the Democrat Party of having given to communist aggression, pointedly referring to the existence of Castro's communist Cuba 90 miles off America's shore. Uh, On more than one occasion, Goldwater seemed to suggest he would not be above using nuclear weapons on both Cuba and North Vietnam to achieve U.S. objectives. Johnson's advisors, of course, did all they could to portray Goldwater as a saber-rattling warmonger and who would bring the world to nuclear annihilation if elected. The president countered his opponent's challenges by portraying himself as a model of statesmanlike restraint. Concerning Vietnam, he mollified domestic concerns about the possible war by claiming that he would not send American boys nine or 10,000 miles from home to do what Asian boys ought to be doing for themselves. Johnson's statement has satisfied many Americans, but uh, any commitment he made may not have been avoiding direct U.S. involvement in the Vietnam conflict was already eroding by the time the 64 election came around. Four months after his victory, Johnson committed U.S. combat troops to Vietnam. Uh, that was the Great Society, Johnson's Great Society, and it was, a, I think, a, a terrible mistake uh, in terms of policy for uh, the programs that we put in place during Johnson's Great Society. According to new forensic analysis in the International Journal of Vaccine Theory, Practice, and Research, Pfizer failed to disclose even if evidence of more than 3.7-fold increase in the number of cardiac deaths among vaccine recipients compared to those who reached, received a placebo. This means that 79% of relevant deaths were not recorded in time to be included in the Pfizer regulatory paperwork. Angela De Palma, PhD, wrote in the Children's Health Defense 
uh, regarding the, the study. By not including relevant subject deaths in the case report, Pfizer obscured cardiac adverse event signals, allowing the EUA to proceed unchallenged. On comparison to the number of deaths per week, during the 33 weeks of the study found no significant difference between the number of deaths in vaccinated versus placebo groups for the first 20 weeks, the placebo-controlled uh, portion of the trial. CAHD uh, added, had Pfizer-BioNTech met their legal and ethical obligation to report all serious adverse events, their data would have uh, shown equal deaths in placebo and vaccine groups, which would have shown no clear benefit for the vaccine. Just unbelievable, pushing all this stuff on to people with uh, now no evidence that it had any kind of beneficial effect whatsoever. On October the 31st, Pfizer reported a net loss of $2.38 billion due to write-offs of COVID products. So there is a uh, financial consequence to uh, Pfizer. Criminal, in my opinion. Wall Street's uh, three main stock indexes closed sharply higher Thursday on hopes that the U.S. Federal Reserve has reached the end of its interest rate hike campaign while a batch of uh, upbeat quarterly financial updates added to the bullish mood. The Fed held interest rates steady on Wednesday as expected, and while Chair Jerome Powell left the door open to further tightening, he also acknowledged the impact of a recent surge in bond yields on the economy. The comments, viewed as hints that the central bank is done with its rate hikes, sent longer-dated uh, U.S. Treasury yields tumbling, which was a good thing, really supported stocks. So uh, the indexes, major indexes, up about 1.7% or more. Uh, a good day in the market yesterday. Yesterday, Sam Bankman-Fried was found guilty of all charges stemming from the collapse of his cryptocurrency exchange company, FTX. He could face 115 years in jail. He'll spend the rest of his life in jail, no doubt. Uh, what, what a, it, it was probably the biggest fraud, financial fraud, in the history of the United States. Guy's 31 years of age, gradu graduated from MIT, had everything going for him. He was a crook. Well, the Hamas attacks in Israel on October the 7th were the worst attacks on Jews since the Holocaust. Since then, we've seen disgusting acts of anti-Semitism on American college campuses and the streets of our cities. In response to this, the Biden administration just announced a plan to fight Islamophobia, if you can believe that. How does this even make any sense? In short, it doesn't. This is insane. This is beyond tone deaf. It's actually sickening. The Biden administration, and guess who's in charge? The vice president, Kamala, is in charge of the program to fight Islamophobia. What about anti-Semitism? Well, the GOP-led House uh, passed a bill that would provide Israel with $14.3 billion in aftermath of, of the Hamas attack, terrorist attack, which cuts the Democrats' new Internal Revenue Service funding as a way to pay for the legislation. The cuts would come from a $740 billion Inflation Reduction Act that passed last year. National Security Spokesperson John Kirby said on Thursday that Biden would veto the bill. Biden has proposed a combination aid package that would help Israel and Ukraine as well as provide humanitarian assistance for Palestinian refugees. The president will also would veto an Israel-only bill. I think we have made that clear, Kirby said at a news conference. The final vote was 226 to 196, with 12 Democrats on board supporting the bill. Well, I think the president's going to have to make a decision. What's more important, uh, having more IRS agents or aid to Israel? Your choice, Mr. President. 
you decide. In any event, I think what uh, Johnson has done in this case, Speaker Johnson, is, is uh, terrific. I think it's, he's holding his ground. He's not going to be pushed around uh, by the lightweights in the, in the White House. President Joe Biden blamed the media for American discontent with his handling of the economy while fielding press questions on the September jobs report uh, on Friday. You're not the happiest people around, uh, but what you, uh, with what you report, you get more legs when you get reports something negative, Biden said. I think Americans know they're better off financially than they were before. In fact, he concluded before going on to make a strange point about throwing a dog in a lake. He, so he's saying that Americans are better off than they were before. He really said that. He probably means it. Uh, recent polling on the economy has made, been abysmal for the 80-year-old Democrat, who's ostensibly seeking re-election in 2024. Two weeks ago, in the uh, Washington Post-ABC poll, found just 30% of Americans approve of the Biden's handling of the economy. A late September Marquette Law School poll showed 52% of voters think President Donald Trump would be better ha- handle the economy. Only 28% said Biden would handle it better. Despite the Biden White House repeatedly claiming Americans are better off financially now than they ever were, uh, mounting evidence suggests unease about the state of the economy ju- uh, is justified. Under Biden, nearly two-thirds of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Home mortgage rates have soared to the highest level in 23 years. In August, credit rating Fitch downrated the AAA U.S. government debt to uh, AA+. Biden's decision to uh, center his campaign on the success of Bidenomics increasingly looks like a complete blunder politically. Uh, Fears over the state of the economy is is driving down support for Democrats across key constituencies, including among black and Hispanic voters. In a historic speech in Michigan, Trump made the case for patriotic protectionism, a relentless effort to reshore jobs from China and combat foreign trade manipulation. We miss Donald Trump. Well, in an unprecedented move for a senior Florida senator, uh, Republican Rick Scott has endorsed former President Donald Trump on the state's current, over the state's current governor, Ron DeSantis, for GOP presidential nomination. Senator Scott's endorsement is a reflection of Trump's strength in the Republican primary and his ability to beat Joe Biden, said one source prior to uh, Scott making his support. This comes just before the presidential candidate's address on the state GOP's Florida Freedom Summit, with polls showing Trump holding a near insurmountable lead over DeSantis among Republican voters, both in Florida and nationwide. State Rep. Representative Randy Fine, formerly a key ally of DeSantis in the Florida legislature, recently retracted his endorsement of DeSantis and instead announced he would be backing Trump. This apparent preference for Trump over DeSantis among state representatives and Republicans may be unsurprising to Florida political insiders due to the reportedly strained relationship between Scott and DeSantis since the latter succeeded the former as a governor in 2018. It wasn't a, wasn't a pleasant handoff, actually, uh, from one governor to the next. Since his challenging first gubernatorial race in 2010, Scott generally avoided public endorsements in both Florida primaries and general elections. Meanwhile, Florida's other Republican senator, Marco Rubio, has remained quiet, uh, who he'll support in 2024, although he's got a pretty close relationship with uh, President Donald Trump. So I think Rick Scott made a good decision here. He's basically calling for unity uh, among Republicans uh, moving forward to beat uh, Joe Biden for the presidency. 
Also, former President Donald Trump has proposed the creation of a new university called American Academy, which would award free online degrees in an effort to combat the rapid spread of wokeness and jihadism on college campuses across the United States. We spend more money on higher education than any other country, and yet they're turning our students into communists and terrorists and sympathizers of many, many different dimensions. We can't let this happen, the 45th president argued in a video introducing the idea. The university would target millions of Americans who did not complete their degrees and use their credentials to apply for various positions in the government or federal contractors. The institution would give credit for past work or essays, and, you know, I think it's a great idea. So online course, make it free, let people get their college education, get training that would help them uh, in the workplace. I think it's a good idea, and uh, it's called the American Academy. Well, I'm sure we'll hear more about that on the campaign trail. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with William Yateman. He is a senior legal fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 
Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Hearing the Lulabee's commercial, uh, the diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center, reminds me that Wednesdays through Saturdays, 4 to 8 p.m., Lulabee's Diner is serving dinner, and it's great value. It's great food. I hope you'll consider going down to Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center, Wednesdays through Saturdays, uh, 4 to 8 p.m. Coming up, I'm going to visit with Bill Bynan. He's uh, uh, in charge of the 17th annual uh, annual turkey drop. Right now we have with us uh, Bill William Yateman. William is a senior legal fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation. William, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. It's a pleasure. Tell us about the Pacific Legal Foundation. You bet. We're a legal nonprofit, and we defend Americans for free from government overreach and abuse. Uh, PacificLegal.org is the website, PacificLegal.org. William, uh, right now, uh, Mike Johnson is, uh, I think, off to a very good start. I wonder, uh, wonder if you could kind of summarize what's happening on the budget battles on, uh, up on Capitol Hill. Indeed. So as we spoke last Friday, uh, Speaker Johnson assumed his current role on the strength of a commitment to a return to regular order. Um, and what do I mean by that? It's, it's something we've discussed on numerous Fridays. Um, regular order entails Congress, in essence, jumping through the appropriate procedural and deliberative hoops when they spend the public's money. Um, and by that, I mean there's a process that they're supposed to adhere to. Um, it entails passing 12 appropriations bills over a multi-month process that incorporates all sorts of congressional deliberation, input-taking, and whatnot. Um, now, it's because Congress has largely abandoned a commitment to regular order over the last 40 years that we've ended up in this uh, deficit mess, you know, with a 32-odd trillion dollar deficit and growing every single day. Um, so how is that commitment going? How is a, a Speaker Johnson's commitment to regular order going? So far, so good. Um, in his first week, they passed uh, an, uh, an appropriations bill for the Department of Energy and various water programs. This week, they passed the appropriations bill for the legislative branch. And next week, they're eyeing passage of the border security funding bill, in essence, the, the Department of Homeland Security funding bill. Um, so that is excellent pacing, and that's precisely the sort of commitment um, from Speaker Johnson that we did not see um, from his predecessor, Speaker McCarthy, which is precisely why McCarthy is no longer Speaker. Um, and what is the scorecard right now? So we've got three weeks till the next uh, government shutdown in Broglio. Um, that's November 17th at midnight. Uh, there are 12 appropriations bills total. The House has now passed six of them. Um, we've got a seventh on the immediate horizon, um, and they're making a, a pretty darn good pace. I'll say this, um, as we noted last Friday, it, Speaker Johnson has already indicated that there will be a temporary stopgap measure of the sort that I have poo-pooed on new, uh, pro, numerous prior Fridays. However, this is a, uh, Speaker, Speaker Johnson is in essence being given a grace period, which I think makes sense. I mean, he was put in this mess by his predecessor um, and a, a common sense five-odd weeks to continue his commitment to regular order. Um, it, it, there is some sense to be made there. Um, all that being said, with the internecine conflict within the House caucus, uh, the House GOP caucus has now settled. They are, they're all on the same page, it appears. Down the road, 
the next likely conflict will be will be between the House GOP and the Senate GOP, um, and that's because they're roughly a hundred billion dollars apart mm-hmm. on where uh, fiscal year 2024 spending should be. So that's coming down the road. That's coming down the pike. Um, but for now, I'm pleased to report that uh, Speaker Johnson has has come through um, and is endeavoring to uh, meet his commitment to return to regular order. Yeah, it's just fantastic news. It seems to me, though, the ball goes in the other court. If, in fact, these bills are passed, handed off to the Senate, and the Senate is in disagreement, they have to come back with some sort of a compromise or or alternative plan. The House has pretty much done its work uh, in terms of preparing budgets for for, uh, Biden to sign. You are exactly right. And look, that's the beauty of our bicameral system within the legislative branch. So, yes. Um, uh, what we've got here is negotiating points between the House and the Senate, and and frankly, I'm pleased for that. Um, yeah. You know, uh, all too often in prior Congresses, you know, in the GOP caucus between both houses, um, the lawmakers were all too willing to sort of go with the flow and again la- allow that that debt to creep up to where it is now. That scary 32 trillion dollar number. So um, uh, you're exactly right. This will lead to tough negotiations. But that's the messy process of democracy. That's the sort of deliberation that we've been missing for 40-odd years. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that, Wayne. By the way, he just sent off a bill, $14.3 billion funding bill for uh, support for Israel. But he took it out of the IRS funding. And, uh, and of course, the word is that that Biden is going to uh, veto the bill. However... My hope is that Mike Johnson stands his ground and we'll see, you know, see where the the president's uh, priorities are. Is it to have IRS agents or does he want to support Israel? Here, here. And, and just as a, I guess a technical aside, that is a supplemental appropriations bill. So uh-huh. that is uh, independent of these the, this regular order, the 12 appropriations bills about which I spoke. Um, but what you said is exactly right. Uh, President Biden had actually requested $100 billion for the, not just the, the Israel aid, but also aid for Ukraine and global aid. Um, and I believe Representative, uh, sorry, Speaker Johnson, uh, I like this strategy. I like the strategy of, of, you know, these all might be worthy causes, but they ought to, they ought to be considered one at a time. I mean, this is $15 billion is not chump change, or $100 billion is not chump change. That's that which um, President Biden wants. Um, and I do, I agree with you. I think it was a nifty little, um, legis- uh, a nifty tactic whereby he, in essence, um, uh, just as you said, uh, it would offset the Israel uh, aid by stripping the IRS of the money that it had won in the Inflation Reduction Act. Yeah. I mean, that, that was, again, one of uh, Biden's big legislative accomplishments was to uh, further empower the, the tax collectors of the IRS. And, and Mike Johnson... Um, is making that move contingent upon uh, aid for Israel. So yeah. it, this is, again, this is the sort of, um, uh, this is the way lawmaking is supposed to work. Absolutely. Again, William, there's so much more I want to talk to you about, but I need to move on. I just really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Again, William Yateman, Senior Legal Fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation. PacificLegal.org is the website. William, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, going to visit with Michael Cannon, Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. (laughs) 
afternoon for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Make it a convenient and stress-free experience by calling the dynamic and trustworthy husband and wife team of Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties. Find out about their unique and complimentary post-closing concierge services not offered by other area agents. Matt and Megan Chionis give you the competitive advantage to command a premium price for your property. They personally attend all showings, create a marketing strategy for your property, and offer that complimentary concierge service to your potential buyer. This hands-on approach has helped them set several sales records in Pelican Bay and many at near-record prices. Megan and Matt Chionis understand that as an affluent buyer-seller, your needs and desires are unique. You deserve this level of service. Megan and Matt Chionis are passionate about the Naples lifestyle and they want you to enjoy it too. Call Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties at 239-269-5310. That's 239-269-5310. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratospel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse. Changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. Some great performances coming up, and you can get tickets by visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Professor Larry Bell. Right now we have with us Michael Cannon. Michael is the... uh, Director of Health Policy Study at Studies at the Cato Institute. He's also, also the author of his new book, Recovery. U.S. residents are less free to make their own health decisions than residents in other nations. That sounds so intriguing. Michael, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Great to be back, Bob. Thank you, Michael. And congratulations to, the, to uh, you on the release of your new book. Uh, I'd just be curious if you could expand a little bit on some of the things that are getting in the way of having uh, affordable health care. So the book flows from a pretty basic premise that we've talked about on the show before, which is that you have a right, you have rights when it comes to your health care. And the most important right you have is the right to make your own health decisions. Well, that's you know, a- you'd think that would not be controversial, but in most state capitals and in Washington, D.C., it is. Uh, because government violates that right all the time. And when it does so, that's not a minor injury. That's when, when someone inserts themselves in your life that way and and, and says that, no, you cannot choose the clinician that you want or the facility or the medical treatment that you want. That's a real injury to, to you because that, I mean, it violates the principle of equality. Uh, we are all, if all of us are equal with equal worth and equal dignity, then no one has any business doing that. 
And that's on top of the injury that it does to your health and your health care. Right. We were just talking about this. You know how we like to look back on uh, people in the past and say, why did they ever do things the way that they did? That, that seems monstrous. We would never do anything that monstrous. I think when people look back on clinician licensing, where the government gets to decide who can be a doctor or a nurse or a dentist or a dental therapist, who can practice medicine or dentistry, I, I think when people look back on that, they'll uh, in the future, they will say, why did they ever do things like that? That is monstrous. Because it not only does that injury to, to your, your, your rights and your dignity by saying that, no, you cannot see that nurse practitioner because we're not going to allow her to practice independently, or no, you can't see a dental therapist because we're going to completely ban that category of clinicians in our state, but it also leaves people with worse health care. Yeah. So interesting, Michael. I immediately flash back to uh, pushing the vaccines, and now we found out that there's so many uh, ill effects from the vaccines. They turned out that they're not helpful at all. In fact, the risk uh, is not offset by the reward of taking the vaccine. So now we find this out, but yet it, it was being pushed on us, irrespective of our health and our personal situation. To me, it felt like I was actually losing the ability to make my own health decisions. So we've talked about this before. We have some disagreements about the vaccine. But one thing that I love about uh, about what has happened as a result of COVID is a lot of people are looking more skeptically at, uh, uh, at official recommendations yeah. uh, when it comes to their health and looking more skeptically at things that the drug industry tells them because they should. You know, medicine is complex and the drug industry has put out uh, products that don't help and... Uh, and doctors recommend things uh, that don't help. And uh, that natural skepticism, I think, serves people well uh, as long as it's not skepticism for skepticism's sake or yeah. uh, you're not ignoring uh, the evidence. I do think that even, even though we disagree, I definitely appreciate the skepticism. Well, thank you for that, Michael. You know, uh, let's. Can you expand a little bit on the clinical uh, clinician licensing? I mean, it, to me, it seems to me there is some benefit in the, the state making sure that people have the credentials and uh, the the wherewithal in order to uh, provide health care to, uh, to to its citizens. What are your thoughts? So there are benefits when the state does that. Uh, the government does prevent some low quality doctors and uh, other clinicians from practicing medicine and, and, uh, and, and hurting people because they're not competent. Yeah. But, but it doesn't really add anything to the quality protections that would already be there. Uh, and it doesn't, uh, it, and it does a lot of things to reduce the quality of care that people get so that on balance, government licensing of clinicians leaves patients worse off. Huh. So the first, and, and it reduces access of ways. First, it increases prices. Michael, we're losing you a little bit. If you could move closer to the window or something like that. Are you there? I, 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 missed, I missed some of your audio there, Bob. What was that? Yeah, I just, uh, we're losing you for our connection became a little bit fragile. So I was wondering if you could start that again. And makes it hard. to get services from more expensive clinicians going to a doctor when a nurse practitioner could do when that costs uh, when going to 
3% less. So fewer people can get medical care as a result of licensing. It reduces the supply of high-quality providers as, as, as well as low-quality providers. And uh, it blocks access to free medical care for the poor. There are organizations that give away free medical care to the poor that cannot, uh, in many cases, that have to turn away poor patients because the licensing blocks them from bringing clinicians from other states in order to give away free charitable care. It, uh, it blocks access to the highest quality providers in the country. You know, you might live in Nebraska and need a specialist who's in Los Angeles or Seattle or New York or Boston, and you might want to consult with them via telehealth, but government licensing prevents you from doing that. Yeah. It, it sticks you with whatever, the, whoever the best, doctor is who has a license from your state uh, and and reduces access to quality care that way. And finally, well, maybe not finally, uh, it reduces innovative health systems, integrated health systems where all the doctors work for the same uh, entity and the hospitals do too, because, uh, and those, those entities like Kaiser Permanente provide a lot of dimensions of quality. My sister-in-law recently had a large but fortunately benign growth removed from her brain. Mm. And it was a long, involved uh, diagnosis, uh, tr- procedure, and recovery. But because she was uh, in a Kaiser Permanente plan where all of the doctors uh, uh, work for the same entity, they, it was a much more convenient uh, process than if she were say, had my health insurance, because if she had a question for a specialist, that specialist was down the hall. Yeah. And if they had to get lab work done, that was also down the hall. And the pharmacy was on the next floor. So she could do all of the things she needed to do with every interaction uh, with, a, with her, 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 her health care providers, all within just a couple of floors within the same building. Yeah. When was the last time you had that kind of convenience when it came to your health care? And then also led to better communication among her providers. Licensing has been blocking that kind of convenience, that kind of quality for more than 100 years. And, and, and Bob, you know, they say that we need this in order, that we need licensing in order to, uh, to discipline low-quality doctors. But there was a study uh, by the left-leaning consumer group Public Citizen that found that among doctors who had to make more than 10 medical malpractice payments, the licensing boards only disciplined about a third of those doctors. So the medical malpractice system was finding and disciplining uh, bad doctors uh, to a much greater extent than licensing was. And that's why I say that licensing doesn't add anything to the protections that we would have, even in its absence. All it does is create these sorts of harms that we've been discussing. Oh, Michael, thank you for that. I, again, there's, and there's so many other things that are standing in the way of affordable health care. The name of Michael's book is Recovery, uh, and uh, you can get a copy of it, I'm sure, at the Cato Institute, uh, cato.org, or also at any book purveyors. Any other places, uh, Michael? Amazon.com, where you can also leave a review. All right. Michael, just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us.
Anytime, Bob. Thanks. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Bill Bynan. He is the with Capital Wealth Advisors. 17 years ago, he started a program called the Annual Turkey Drop for the benefit of St. Matthew's House. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. In a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now I'll play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. We help prepare elected officials to win and have winning strategies in the legislature. And I say we because I serve on the board of the Foundation for Government Accountability. I hope you'll check out the website, thefga.org, thefga.org. Coming up, going to visit with Professor Larry Bell. Right now we have with us Bill Bynan. He's with Capital Wealth Advisors and the founder of the annual Turkey Drop. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Bill. First of all, uh, this annual turkey drop is for the benefit of patrons of St. Matthew's House. Maybe you could tell us about St. Matthew's House. Yeah, I became acquainted with St. Matthew's House about 26 years ago when I moved to Naples. Uh, They're a wonderful organization that helps serve uh, the sort of underserved of Collier County, Lee County, um, in in a number of ways, Mm -hmm. uh, helping the hungry, the homeless, uh, those battling addiction, and they just do a fantastic job in the in the in the regional community, uh, providing food and shelter and, and services for for individuals and families that really need it. 
Absolutely. Uh, stmatthewshouse.org is the website. I hope you check it out. It'll take a dime of government money to do this, and they uh, have an accountability program for every program they have to help people move. They don't get a handout. They get a hand up in order to move on with their lives, being prepared and uh, getting the help that comes from St. Matthew's House. So uh, Thanksgiving is coming up, and you created, 17 years ago, the annual turkey drop. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, I think I think we're approaching our 20th year, actually, um, and it, it was really sort of a, a random thing. My wife and I were were uh, driving around in Naples listening to the radio, uh, running errands uh, several years ago, and there was a cut-in, and the, the cut-in basically said that St. Matthew's House was doing something new that year, which was providing food and turkey specifically for families that had a place to cook but no food. Hmm. Uh, and the response was overwhelming, and they were out of turkeys. So we pulled into Publix, we bought 25 turkeys, we stuffed the SUV full of turkeys, and we dropped them off. And that was really the genesis of what ultimately became the annual turkey drop. Um, today, we, uh, as I said, this is, I think we're approaching our 20th year. Um, we've been blessed to be able to have a business and work and thrive in Perry County in such a wonderful place with so many generous people. Um, but we started with 25 turkeys, went to 50, then 100 it grew to a thousand, and then we started adding the sides. So today, um, we provide three thousand turkeys, all the side dishes, a fresh pumpkin pie, a dozen eggs, a produce basket for every family in need. And and what's been wonderful is we've asked the community, our partners in business, uh, to also help. So with additional donations. Uh, we're estimating we'll be able to serve about 6,000 families this year. 6,000 families. And, you know, people are in Cuyahoga, people don't realize this in Cuyahoga County, but we have people who are really food needy. I mean, they're, they're on the borderline, having trouble paying their bills and so forth. So uh, what a wonderful thing that you're accomplishing, Bill. So 6,000 families will be helped as a consequence of this. Yeah, and, and you think about it, you know, if you just think of Collier County, um, one of the statistics, I think the number is approaching 60% of school children in Collier County are on free and reduced lunch. Yeah. So that gives you a, sort of an indicator of the, of the need for, for people to have uh, food in, in, the, in the area. And um, this year, especially with inflation and what's going in the economy, we, we know that the need is growing. Um, and also our community has grown. So when you think about the, the volume of people that have moved to Florida, if the averages of need stay in place, that means the, the actual number of people that need help has grown substantially. So we're just trying to do our part. And it's become a wonderful annual event. We've had uh, a number of other companies and friends jump in, raise their hands, say they want to help. And it's, it's just grown into a, a huge event that we look forward to every year. So how can our listeners get involved? Uh, what can we do to support your efforts? Yeah, the biggest thing is if you field in your heart to provide, uh, you know, I think money's the easiest way to St. Matthew's house, uh, for the benefit of the Turkey drop. Um, that money will go directly to provide food, um, for families in the, in the region. Um, they also take direct food donations at their locations as well, but anything you do monetarily, uh, goes right to the bottom line of being able to buy additional food and serve more families. Is there a, a date uh, or a, a... Yeah, we'll be the turkey drop uh, event is really the prep, first part is the preparation day where all the food comes together. We'll have a number of uh, large 18-wheelers from our suppliers coming in at First Church in Naples um, over on Orange Blossom. Uh, we'll have a couple hundred volunteers there putting together uh, all of the food boxes, uh, moving and, and staging the food, the turkeys, the pies, and the freezer trucks, and then... Uh, that following Thursday um, will be distribution day. 
and St. Matthew's House First Church, and, and there'll be hundreds and hundreds of volunteers that will be distributing the food at the location to the families um, in need. And where is this location? Uh, it's at the corner of Livingston Road and Orange Blossom. It's uh, the First Church of Naples. Uh, you may remember it as First Baptist Church of Naples. Mm-hmm. So it's right on that corner. It's also where FBA uh, school is located. They, they provide us a wonderful location. They, they chip in. They provide tons of volunteers and help, and they've just been a wonderful partner for us. So the best uh, contact point, if you'd like to be supportive of the effort, the, again, the annual, well, now the 20th, I guess, the 20th annual turkey drop, you can go to stmatthewshouse.org, stmatthewshouse.org. Make a donation. It's gonna, and I'm sure you're buying this food at greatly reduced prices, so it gets, it, it, you're able to multiply by virtue of the, the volume that you're, you're creating here. Again, uh, a terrific organization. I support St. Matthew's House. Uh, I hope you will, too. stmatthewshouse.org. Bill, really appreciate your commentary here on the show, and you're doing God's work. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Bob. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you so much. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Larry Bell. Larry is an endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. Brilliant man. He writes a column for Newsmax about three times a week. He also has written his latest book, His Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design. It's such an interesting and uh, informative read, Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design by Larry Bell. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, 
Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. He's also an author. His latest book, he's written 12 books. His latest is Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design. It's a terrific read. He also writes his column, On Point, in Newsmax.com about three times a week. Professor, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Bob, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much. My pleasure indeed, Professor. Your latest column is so informative. Wind unaffordable costs common sense. Maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah, I've been writing about this for years. You know, the I think the summary is it seems like everything the left pushes is a, turns out to be a total disaster. And, uh, you know, we've, you and I have talked about electric vehicles and we talked about so-called green energy and, and, and so on. And, uh, and it's not only a, a trap as far as energy independence, it's also a trap in terms of our dependence and, and vulnerability to, to national security threats and so on, because energy is the lifeblood of domestic and foreign, uh, you know, activities in life. And uh, so I, I, I picked up on this, that, you know, if we, Currently, the you know the, the you know of course this net zero uh, carbon uh, nonsense that they're trying to push by by twenty fifty is uh, is really about trying to push wind and solar, which which comprise together maybe maybe three percent of our energy, and that's pretty much true worldwide. Where fossils are eighty percent or more, and wind and solar are intermittent, and they're but but the notion and unreliable, but the notion that they're cheap is is a fallacy. Yeah, and and you know they're they're showing that particularly now with wind. You know the if, and this has always been true. You can look across the pond to Europe and see how disastrous their policies have been. They've they're they're as as, as clueless as as or more so than we have been over here and. Uh, you know, they installed all this wind energy, particularly in Germany, while they, while they basically uh, Merkel and others have have killed their fossil energy and even nuclear, and now they're you know they're they can't afford it. In the in the they keep asking for rate increases on the wind and 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 uh, basically the, you know, the population is already paying huge amounts of money for these wind subsidies and so on. And, and the, in the, and uh, the, and the companies are going broke, you know, the, the wind companies, because yeah. they keep wanting more money from the government. And there's a point at which, you know, you, you, uh, you kind of drain the, you know, drain the, the whole system dry. So, it, and that's happening also here now. Yeah, absolutely. Apparently, there's uh, companies coming for handouts. They're saying, you know, we can't. We've got to replace. We've got to repair this this wind equipment. It's, <laughs> it's apparently the life is is pretty short. Uh, President Biden, as you pointed out in the column, is saying that the you know cement uh, is a uh, polluter because it it uh, has carbon dioxide emissions. And uh, how much cement is involved in putting in one of these uh, wind turbines in, in the ocean? It's quite a bit, right? So, I mean. It's crazy. Incidentally, uh, I'll mention this too. 
Willie soon is going to be visiting my home, and he's going to be lecturing at the university to my class, but also law school next week. Now, most people won't know who he is. He's probably one of the leading, world's leading uh, solar astrophysicists, and uh, he's, they've come out. He and his group have come out with a major new study that shows that this, uh, you know, the uh, uh, amount of warming due to carbon dioxide is negligible and that the sun really does control climate and 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 basically what he's done i'm kind of getting away from our conversation today in a way but but what what they found is that they looked at they looked at the uh temperature readings of metropolitan areas where you know the so-called heat islands where asphalt and buildings absorb heat during the day and then it was at night and so on where a lot of the temperature data comes from and they found that it's really it's really has this due to these metropolitan heat island effects, which which throws the measurements way way off. Huh. But if you look at the rural areas and take those temperatures over time, they correlate very closely with changes in the sun. And uh, and and you know I've been harping on this for at least fifteen years since my first book on the subject. But uh, it, none of this makes any sense, Bob, because we're spending you know trillions and trillions of dollars on this nonsense that is based upon uh, very bad science, if you want to justify calling it science. And we knew this back in ClimateGate, you know, decades ago, how they were cooking the books. And uh, so all this stuff is so mindless. Yeah. It's just so terribly mindless. And, and uh, for you know, for we, we call ourselves a modern society, it's a uh, it makes you want to cry. It really does. I mean, many of these companies are unable to get financing now because the results are not good. Uh, to me, it looks like this thing might just implode because of its own weight and uh, uh, won't be able to finance it going forward. In other words, uh, it's, it's government policy right now, but you, know, you can't sustain this if, in fact, it's a losing proposition for the American public. Well, these energy, so-called energy companies are, are having a hard time getting bank loans and, and because they, they keep going over, over budget and underproducing. And you had mentioned the maintenance problems. You know, these was not really advertised, in, and this was due to upon a study you know, some time ago in Europe, that uh, these, these uh, wind turbines only have about a 12 to 15-year life. Yeah. And, and then they're junk. And all that concrete you talked about is, is just... just uh, you know, worthless as long as the the enormous amounts of steel that goes into these things, and it's even worse offshore where they have the saltwater yeah. disposition. So, you know, you, you put all this money into this intermittent anemic source, and now they're saying you know it's, it has it's killing whales in addition to chopping up birds, and and uh, all of this over total nonsense, and, and of course. The politicians that live in uh, Nantucket and so on don't want the you know don't want it affecting their windsurfing, so they they're not for it uh, because it affects their you know their own panorama. But uh, other people that have to live near these things, you know the you know the uh, subsonic you know the, the ultra uh, sound uh, noise they make makes people crazy, it makes them sick. Yeah. They don't want them. And it's a it's a you know it's a total uh, it's a total disaster. 
Drill, baby, drill. That's <laughs> I look forward to see, hearing those words again for President Donald Trump. I mean, if we get back to energy independence, which is what we need, we will be stronger, better, uh, better, uh, a better uh, security here in the United States, uh, and we get away from these ideas because this is just total nonsense. Well, I guess you know. I think twenty twenty four. You can't can't overstate how important that is, and. Yeah. With every other disaster, including you know what's happening now in the Middle East, and you know we've seen it in Afghanistan, we've seen it in Ukraine, and so on. You know, we uh, we just you know we just can't afford uh, this this whole crazy stuff to be prolonged any, any longer than than another year and a half. And uh, God help us get through that period. Absolutely. Again, Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture, author his latest book, Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design. Also, take a look at uh, Newsmax.com. Uh, professor Bell's column is on point. You'll find it in Newsmax.com. Professor, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure. Thanks. My, my pleasure, indeed. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Uh, Monday, we're going to visit with Mark Schulman, the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com, a multimedia website uh, for kids of all ages, including you and I. John Millimore will be joining us. He is the editor-at-large for Fee.org, F-E-E.org. And Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief and now author of Murder Mysteries, uh, Jim will be joining us as well. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. And if you enjoy the show, please tell your friends. That's one of the words we ways we get the word out about uh, and support our advertisers. And really appreciate your listening to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you make it a great day and weekend on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>